Hello. Hi. I'm Shannon. I'm Emma. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. Wee woo, wee woo, wee woo. We have an announcement that you already know, if you follow us at all, that we have winners for our giveaway. I felt the need to say it. I was first. I was maybe going to let us tell the people who we are and what we're doing here, but we can jump to the winner. Oh, yeah, that's fine. We already said our names. <laughs> we're yeah, best friends. I was expecting you to do that whole spiel, and then you were just like, wee-woo, wee-woo, wee-woo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Would you like me to start over? No, it's fine. <laughs> wee-woo is the uh, uh, phrase we use when Penny's being fun police. <laughs> Anyway, congrats to Dallas and Strunk for winning. Thank you to everyone who entered and shared. You can still always share your favorites with us or with other people. Obviously. And maybe one day you might get a prize. Maybe. Or you might just end up winning bingo, which you can find on our website Mm -hmm. at thispodcastdoesnexist.com. Dot com. Dot com. You can find everything there. You can find our podcast episodes. You can find our bingo card, like I just said. You can find all of our socials. Still nothing up on the on the YouTubes, but you guys, I started a new job, so uh, I am a perpetually busy person, as we all are, but I'm so working share, on it. share share the podcast so maybe someday we can make money and do this full time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a very pretty website. I'm very proud of it. I shared it with somebody I matched with on an app. I'm very proud of you. They were very impressed by the website. Oh, <laughs> I was great. Like, I didn't do anything. I just proofread. That stranger validation makes me very happy. <laughs> Shout out to you, random person. If you're listening, you said you were going to listen, so. What's up? We'll see. <laughs> okay, anything else you'd like to share with the class before we begin? We're but two best friends that uh, like to talk about, <laughs> like to talk about all kinds of things, but mostly the weird stuff that doesn't have an answer. So that's why you're here. <laughs> like, Great! I'm so glad. I I feel like <laughs> I was scolded, so I had yeah, to say it. I'm okay. Happy spooky season, everybody! Woo-woo. Happy Halloween! Um, if you had not been informed, noodles. <gasps> Has declared it a, a Bones weekend. I was very happy to hear that. Because there won't be any more Bones, no Bones readings until Halloween morning. Which so, I pre- I fully appreciate. Which I feel like most people that listen to this, if they're celebrating Halloween, are probably doing it on Saturday night. Because mm-hmm. capitalism on Monday. Yeah, we've got know? things. We've got jobs to do. Yeah. All right. So my topic is not the most spooky, but... It is pretty spooky. I'm excited. I have no clue what we're doing today. Well, I tried to pick the scariest costume slash podcast idea I possibly could. It's the resumation of your student loan payments. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) But like, tell me you're American without telling me you're American. I was like, what would be like the easy, but like terrifying what's actually terrifying like not oh i'm scared of a vampire like no like what (laughs) what would it be it's just like my medical insurance bill (laughs) coming after me in the middle of the night pay me pay me okay but not actually what we're actually going to talk about what began as a carefree vacation ended 
in a family's worst nightmare and a mystery that endures to this day. You've drawn a very large circle. <laughs> Today, I'm here to share with you the story of Lars Mittank. Mittank, people on YouTube kept pronouncing it different ways, so I'm just going to call him Lars the whole time. I have never heard of this. Oh, you're going to hate it. Oh, no! <laughs> Do I need a pillow? No, you're just going to be mad. Okay. I mean, you might want to throw a pillow, but like I can give you one later if you need it. Okay, good. Okay. All right. So, on June 30th, 2014, Lars Mittank, Mittank, I want to say Mittank because he's a 28-year-old German man, um, traveled with five of his friends to the Golden Sands Resort on the Black Sea coast in Bulgaria for a summer vacation. They arrived via the Varna Airport, from which they traveled nine miles, 15 kilometers, to the resort. Thank you. And then I love this quote from one of the sources. The group stayed at Viva Club Hotel and spent the next week engaged in pub crawls, partying, and sunbathing. After all, Golden Sands is where you go to party. Trust me, I'm a local. <laughs> I was like, okay. They're trying to get those local I'm points like, on I Yelp. Guess, I guess you. it makes sense that you'd be writing about this if it happened in your backyard. So they arrived June 30th. On July 6th, a day before Lars and his friends had to travel back to Germany, they went out to a bar. As you do. Sounds good. It's at this point that Lars reportedly got into an argument with other German tourists over football... Oh, or no. soccer, for those of you here in America. Soccer. That escalated into a physical altercation. Ruh-roh. Lars, a Werder Bremen fan, fought with four men who were Bayern Munich fans, as they should be. That's correct. Oh. Sorry. I'm, I was born and raised in, like, the south part of Germany. So, Bavaria, Munich, all the way. In the ensuing brawl that was taken outside, Lars suffered several injuries, including scrapes, a jaw injury, and the rupture of his left eardrum. Whoa. Ugh. Though, though he, this wasn't realized right away. Like, be, yeah. Claiming to be fine, Lars went off from his friends and wasn't seen for the rest of the night. And, like, reports about this whole thing are a little... Wonky. Was he out fighting people by himself and then he wandered off? Or did he actually say, like, I'm good, I'm going to go walk it off? Like, it's very up in the air. He showed up the next morning claiming that the guys from the bar had beat him up. Some of his friends recalled this account differently, saying that Lars had told them that the four guys had hired a local to beat him up. So someone beat him up who we're not quite sure. Yes. Mm. Sources also differ on whether or not Lars Lars's injuries had resulted from the initial altercation at the bar or from this supposed attack Later after on. the fact. But either way, he's messed up. <laughs> he goes to see a doctor, and they prescribe him 500 milligrams of Cefprazil, which is a strong antibiotic, and advised him not to fly due to the sensitivity of his eardrum injury. Yeah, that would not. That would probably be the most uncomfortable thing on the planet. Yeah, probably not great. Uh, Lars's friends wanted to stay with him and fly out together when it was safe for him to travel, but he refused. He said, 
He was going to be fine on his own and insisted they go home as planned. So they did. Okay. One of his friends later told a German television station that when they left Lars, he was, quote, in a good mood and relaxed. Lars checked out of the Viva Club Hotel on July 7th at the same time his friends did. Later that day, he checked into another much cheaper hotel, this time located in Varna, allegedly so he could be closer to the airport. And then the same local person, quote from their piece. This local guide. This local person. As someone who lives in Varna, I can tell you that Hotel Color, where he stayed, isn't in the best neighborhood for a foreigner in the peak summer season. Oh. From the moment Lars got into the hotel, he began acting strangely. Hmm. CCTV footage from the show from the hotel shows Lars pacing up and down the foyer, sometimes seeming frightened and paranoid. I tried to find it on YouTube, and I could not. So, Ooh. sorry. Well, maybe it's been taken down. Maybe. He was looking out the windows and even appeared to hide in an elevator for at one point. So, like, uh, he went into the elevator and, like, stayed in the elevator for a while. This is giving me some Cecil Hotel vibes. Cecil Hotel. According to reports, he left the hotel at 1 a.m. on July 8th before returning later to collect his things and head to the airport. No one knows where he was or what he was doing during that time that he was gone. He did, however, call his mother, Sandra, during that time frame. He told her in a whisper that four men were following him and trying to kill or rob him. According to her statement, Lars also told her he was hiding in a high place and was afraid to move much because he could fall and hurt himself. He allegedly told her to cancel all of his bank cards as well, for he feared he was going to be robbed. Hmm. At 5 a.m. on the same day, so he left at 1 a.m., we don't know where he went, um, he comes back. At 5 a.m., he takes a taxi to the Varna airport. He called or texted, the sources differ, his mom to tell him that he had safely arrived at the airport and was going to go see the doctor that was on site to try and get cleared to fly. Which I'm like, bruh, you just saw the doctor like a day ago. Yeah, they're not going to be like, so your eardrum has magically repaired itself. You're fine. Yeah, well, we'll see that he maybe was not in the best state of mind. Mm. Uh, Lars also said he didn't have any money on him, which his mother found strange as he had told her he had enough cash just hours earlier. Especially if he was planning to tell her to cancel his cards, it would make sense to like cash out some money. Yeah. So that you would have something funds on you when you're in the middle of a foreign country. His mother would later tell authorities that their last conversation scared her because she could feel that Lars was really afraid of something. After he spoke with his mother, Lars went to see the doctor at the airport, Dr. Kosta Kostov. To which I wrote, seems fake, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Your name is... Okay. His parents really liked the alliteration. Yep. The doctor advised Lars not to fly out because in his condition, a ruptured eardrum subjected to changes in altitude had the potential to cause serious damage. That makes sense to me. Uh, Despite Dr. Kostov's recommendation, 
Lars insisted on proceeding and even signed a declaration stating that he was taking full responsibility for the consequences of flying against medical advice. Which, let me tell you, as a Seattle Grace slash Grace Sloan Memorial trained surgeon, 17 <laughs> seasons of Grace Anatomy, I can tell you that ignoring doctors really rarely works out for you. Like, you will probably end up found in the parking lot. And then a different doctor will come in and be like, this guy was... And then you're going to be like, ugh, I told him that he had COVID and he's going to die. You know, from my personal experience, I can, I can tell you that. <laughs> According to the doctor, Lars seemed nervous and erratic the whole time he was in the exam room. Mm. This anxiety escalated to panic when a construction worker also entered the doctor's office. Whoa. Reportedly crying out something along the lines of, I don't want to die here. I need to get out of here. Lars took off running from the airport terminal, passing the boarding gates and the check-in zones to get out of the building. He left all his belongings behind, including his wallet and passport. The CCTV footage from the airport shows Lars running across the airport's parking lot, climbing a tall security fence, and disappearing into the surrounding woods. Uh. Some sources say it wasn't actually woods, it was a field of sunflowers. <laughs> but honestly, the CCTV footage is really grainy, so I find it really hard to tell. You can see the CCTV footage on YouTube. It's in the show notes. To this day... Despite being dubbed, quote, the most famous missing person on YouTube, Lars has never been confirmed to be seen again. Whoa. Local police searched the forested area but found no sight of the missing man. For some context, when a German citizen appear disappears abroad, the BKA, which is like their federal police agency yeah teams up with the police in that country via interpol and directly so they got involved still nothing no sign of him no sign of i mean he didn't really have any belongings because he left them all in the airport but no you know his clothes his shoes his body nothing when these efforts failed his family hired a private investigator to try and locate him even offering a, a reward for information, but nothing ever came of it. So that was 2014, and we still have no idea what happened to him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Do we know, were his friends already, like, had they already left? Yeah. Okay. They left on the 7th. That's right. Because he, he got to the, oh, that's right, because he checked into a, a different hotel. That's right. Okay. So we have some theories, as we always do. Of what might have happened. So the first one, which a lot of people like to point to, is this idea that his actions, his like paranoia and his weird behavior were a result of the combination of a traumatic physical assault, like you got in a fight, underlying or undiagnosed mental illness, and the strong medication that he was prescribed. Dizziness, restlessness, and hyperactivity are listed as common side effects of the drug he was prescribed for his injuries, particularly if it was mixed with another substance. So if he was drinking, 
I mean, one would hope you wouldn't drink after you've had a, a fight, but like, I don't know, maybe you're like, ah, my head hurts, I'm going to take a drink. Or we don't know if they were imbibing in other substances on their like fun summer vacation. Yeah. Um, and it might have been like something was still in his system when he took the first round right. of pills. And I mean, I know you didn't list it, so I have no clue. Like, I don't think you have the answer, but I wonder if the hospital gave him like pain meds too. Nobody said anything about it, and I don't know if he went to, like, a hospital or, like, just, like just a, a doctor's yeah. office. Um, they didn't name the doctor or anything. However, according to Dr. Todd Grande... Todd. Todd. Large Todd. <laughs> a large Todd. <laughs> a very large Todd. Dr. Large Todd. A certified mental health counselor who covered the story on his YouTube channel, Lars had no history of mental illness. And this is confirmed by another source. His family said that he did not have any history of mental illness and nobody in their family has ever been diagnosed with schizophrenia. Because that's what people are trying to say because a lot of times kind of the the thing that activates for lack of a better word schizophrenia in individuals will be like a traumatic event or like a drug, like a bad trip sort of thing. But they don't have any family history of that. They really don't think that's accurate. And is schizophrenia is not necessarily something that, pe- like, there's no, this one person in this family line has it. Like, it is a, it's usually a hereditary thing. Like you Right. Would... And it, from my limited knowledge, aka watching Criminal Minds, <laughs> it usually, like, makes itself known in the earlier 20s yeah. or like mid 20s and he was 28 and so. especially especially for like for usually the way that they've done it and the main reason I know this is because of friends who have had family members who have schizophrenia but um that for men it's usually in their late teens and for women it's usually in their early 20s so there's mm-hmm. like a a weird kind of like brain develop where your brain is developing right thing It should also be noted that Lars was talking about the soccer fans paying someone to attack him before he started taking any of the antibiotics. Yeah. Which makes the the medicine less likely to blame for any of his paranoid behavior. Yeah. I would... I was going to say, I would agree with that. That's what you're presenting. (laughs) Thanks. But also... Oh. Some sources claim that he never even filled the prescription. So it can't be the medicine because he never filled it. Interesting. The other, what I think is most likely theory, is that he was suffering from a head injury. Because, uh, duh. like, a normal person would go to the police if they felt they were being threatened. Also, not to mention, the hotel that he checked into, the hotel color, was very close to a police station. But he chose not to do that. And if it's not a chemical reaction because of his medication, what would it be? So even though all these articles talk about him being diagnosed with a ruptured eardrum, like... He also had a jaw injury. There's, you suffered head trauma. Yeah, I was going to say, something happened to your head. Like, and concussions can cause you to have a lot of weird reactions. And especially because you're not supposed to sleep. So then lack of sleep can also make you. It makes you like hallucinate almost. Yeah. 
Emma can speak from experience. Yes, I can. I had a concussion freshman year of college. For undisclosed reasons. <laughs> Redacted. Redacted. But yeah, I it, it was a very weird, like, week, really, because when I went to the hospital, they were like, yeah, I mean, you have, like, a minor concussion. You're fine. Like, the back of your head's bleeding, but, you know, it's not in need of stitches. You just need to, like take this medicine and not sleep for the next, like, I think her suggestion was like, and this was maybe like 3 p.m. She was like, let's not go to bed until like midnight. How do you feel about that? And I was like, sure, I'm a college student. Yeah, that sounds fine. But then like the next morning, it was truly like cotton mouth and I couldn't really get my footing. Like I was, I was really unbalanced and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember trying to do my homework and it was basically impossible. And not just on a level of like, I didn't understand what I was doing. It was more of just a level of like focus and everything else around me was just taking priority in my brain. Like it was literally like every little noise would have been like alarming. Mm -hmm. So everything around me was making me like nervous and like a heightened sense of like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So I can completely understand the idea of paranoia if you've gotten Mm -hmm. like basically curb stomped. Yeah. Well, and also then imagine that happened to you, but you're in a foreign country by yourself. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't know the language and you don't necessarily feel comfortable asking anybody for help. Yeah. Basically, you're like, well, I guess I'm on my own, and I'm now in a spy movie, basically. Right. So, I yes, I still believe this is the most valid theory, but the thing that is kind of an eyebrow raise is that, okay, so if the head trauma is to be the, the reason, the source of his erratic behavior, he ran away, he jumped over a fence... And then he died of exposure. Why have we not found his body? Yeah. Especially if almost immediately the the German version of the FBI and Interpol and everybody. Like, we have it on CCTV. We know where he went. Right. Well, and I, I, none of these articles gave a timeline of like, and then three days later they started looking for him. So, unclear. Unclear on what the timeline is. On what the timeline is, but... It became, like, pretty big news. And now, like, the video of the CCTV footage has, ha- has over, like, 6 million views on YouTube. Someone with a computer probably... Can pinpoint you it. Could, could, if you, you were aware of the story. If you were a person who partook in media. Well, and it just... I don't know. This feels like... It should have been, like, okay, here's the general direction he's going if he were to go this way this is about as far as he'd be able to get if he were to go this way it was about like there's some kind of math there that you'd be able to calculate based upon how long he'd been gone that i feel like would have i don't know you're right this does make me mad yeah (laughs) so the next theory is a I was going to say, it's a little bit more outlandish. It's like kind of a lot of bit more outlandish, but here we go. So, one of the sources that I... All of these sources 
kind of quote each other. Oof. Which makes it harder. But one of the sources that I did not read the whole thing because it was mostly the same information, but it was cited by another source. <laughs> this is... You'll get it. As reported by a source titled Vizica, sure, quote, Bulgaria has one of the highest rates of human trafficking in the European Union. Uh-oh. Essentially, locals and tourists have been taken against their will and forced into sex work, drug smuggling, or used as slaves. They have also been killed for their organs. To which I wrote, this source, however, did not provide any substantiation for their claims, so have some hefty pinches of salt with that information. <laughs> but the Grunge, which is the site that I cite that's in the show notes, points to another source as well. Quote, as reported by Caso Criminal, some sources have suggested the men who attacked Lars were involved in a drug or organ trafficking ring. And may have actually been pursuing him to be used in their trafficking ring. Unquote. Ooh. People who believe this theory point to Lars's erratic behavior in the airport doctor's office as further evidence. Primarily because apparently police in Bulgaria dress similarly to construction workers? Question mark? Ah. Uh, Which I will say, European police do have more of like a high-vis situation. situation. Yeah. So they claim that when this random construction worker came into the doctor's office that he panicked and ran away because he thought he was going to be in trouble. They believe he was either picked up directly by the drug smugglers after he ran away and taken in a car somewhere, or that one of the drug balloons inside his body burst which caused him to die and that the smugglers picked up his body after the fact either way in their minds this clearly explains why we haven't found his body um in the woods which i will say i know that's a thing that happens where they'll like put drugs inside balloons and then get people to swallow them and go across the border there's a whole plot line on the television show graceland about it (laughs) (laughs) starring Aaron Tveit. So. This just, it gives me the Dutch hikers vibe of like the guys in the bar that were the soccer fans, that were the Mm -hmm. football fans, picked, like, not necessarily picked a fight, but had a fight with him. And they were also German. Mm -hmm. And then it makes me think, well, the guys that the two hikers met were also Dutch like they were. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing in my brain where I'm like, well, it feels like baiting almost, where these are the people that they have, these, whoever's in charge, they, mm-hmm. the royal they, have figured out, okay, so if we want to get tourists or foreigners of any kind involved, or we want to be able to use them or know what they're up to or doing, then we can send in the people who are most like them to make them feel comfy or to like, you know, curb stomp them into the ground. I don't know. Uh, It feels, it's giving me those vibes. It's not a fully formed thought, but it's giving me those vibes. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling that. I will point out that the resort that like area that they were visiting is like a tourist 
space. Not yeah. a random village in the jungle. Okay. Um, That's totally but yeah, fair. still, yeah. like, you're relatively far away from Germany. Yeah. So, maybe. My thing with this theory is that no drugs or other suspicious materials were found in Lars' abandoned luggage at the airport when they were searched later. Mm. I bet these conspiracy theorists would be like, well, there was they had someone in the inside who like took it out before the official people could look at it and blah 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 or like anyway. Related this drug smuggling angle might have a little bit more merit, but with it a, a different context. Oh. So instead of Lars himself running the drugs, some people believe it's more likely that his friends who <gasps> flew back without him were the ones that were coerced into carrying the drugs into Germany and that he stayed behind as an insurance policy. Again, he ran out of the doctor's office when the construction worker that he perhaps mistook for airport security sort of person came in. He may have thought that his friends had gotten caught because they had not, they'd flown out, you know, the previous day. So he might have thought that he was, they'd gotten caught and he was going to get in trouble. Hence why he ran out without his cell phone, his money, or his passport. That's honestly, I don't know why, but I'm like, this feels like the most plausible. (laughs) Well, and people also pointed out that like, if you are such good friends, like you're on this week long vacation you're just ready to just leave your buddy in a foreign country. Yeah, I will like, tell you. Like, if I tried to look at you and be like, no, no Emma, get on a plane, it'll be fine. You'd be like, uh, I, no. I was literally just about to say, <laughs> I was like, there is no effing way that I would ever leave you in a foreign country by yourself. I don't care. Like, I would be like, I forfeit however much money I spent on this plane ticket. Right. Absolutely not. I'm not leaving you here. Also, it wouldn't be fair to whoever got stuck next to you on the plane. No, because I would be gripping their arm to the point that it was blue. And they'd be so upset. They'd be like, this tiny American woman assaulted me on this plane. (laughs) Weird. You decided to sit next to me. You should have known what you were getting into. But, so this behavior becomes a lot more reasonable if they've been coerced. Like, threatened, like, you're gonna fly home. That's, um, that's, I get that. And furthermore, oh, they're in Europe. They live in Europe. There are bus and train tickets that are pretty cheap. So if the real problem was that he couldn't get on a plane, which one source looked it up on the NHS, and the NHS actually re- says that if you have a ruptured eardrum, it's okay to fly. It may be uncomfortable. The only time it's dangerous to fly with an ear thing is if you've just had surgery to repair a ruptured eardrum. So he could have, so then some people are like, well, then the doctor was in on it telling him, oh, you have to stay till it heals. And that could take like 30 days. So people are like, why would he choose to live in a hotel for 30 days and spend that money when he could buy like a 90 pound, 90 mark, what Euro, whatever train ticket back to Germany. That's a very good point that I didn't even think about. This is this gives you the American context of us of like I'm like, oh, you just have to get on a plane in order wait, to get anywhere. It's like, oh wait, no. Logical places? What? So like it makes complete sense to me that that is his 
like he has options. There are options and he's not using them. Yeah, you are not in a jungle in Panama. No. <laughs> you are not an ocean away from home. No. So there's so that's the end of that. Uh the last theory similar to our lighthouse men a couple oh. of weeks ago was that he disappeared on purpose. That he wanted an excuse to run away and start a new life. But Experts in the mental health field think that's unlikely given how close he was with both his friends and his mom. Yeah, he was during this trip. Yeah, like he was in contact with these people the whole trip. So if you were trying to isolate yourself so you could run away and fake your death or whatever, I don't think so. Also, again, he left his passport, phone, and wallet at the airport, would make it, which would make it really hard. To start a new life, unless he's actually a spy, and he had, like, maybe this wasn't even his real identity. Well, I guess his mom would know that he's her child. But maybe he was (laughs) going to become a spy and assume a new identity with, like, a Canadian passport and a new name. But other than that, how could he get anywhere with no money? I mean, he was just starting a new life in the uh, Bulgarian woods, becoming a mountain man. But from what I understand, it's not like superly... It's not like he went into the Black Forest of Germany of just like forest. It was like... These are some trees. Next to an airport. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that my, my thought process with that is that the quote-unquote woods is probably like a tree line that right. separates property. Like the Autobahn from the whatever. It's not the Autobahn because they're in Bulgaria, but you know. Similar. Um, so there's that. And then we're just going to give you a little more context about how banana pants it is that it is 2021 and we he, still don't know he has been gone since 2014. Every year, around 10,000 people go missing in Germany alone. <gasps> and although 50% of all missing persons cases are resolved within less than a week, less than 3% are actually found within a year. Lars Mittank has been missing for more than six oh at the time of this article that I copied it from. Every so often, though. I mean, technically more than six is correct. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Loophole. Every so often, internet researchers report sightings that they believe to be Lars. One truck driver claimed to have given Lars a ride from Dresden to Brandenburg, which is nearby to Berlin, in 2019, noting his striking resemblance to the missing man. But this was after the fact, so he didn't know... It wasn't like he was driving being like, is this the, the guy? It was like he saw it after he had already given yeah. him a ride. Okay. But a follow-up from the police found nothing concrete about it. His mother, Sandra Mittank, believes Lars may have lost his memory. She says he might not look young, carefree, and neat anymore like he does in the old photos that were circulated at the time of his disappearance. According to the truck driver's account, the man he gave a lift to had long hair, wore a beard, which I think is so funny. You wore a beard like you can take it off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, technically they can. It just takes a long just time. You put it back on. Yeah. You gotta wait. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very long-term accessory. Um, and his eyes looked tired and his cheekbones stood out. So as if he had been 
you know, maybe not eating as well for a while. And then another example of this, uh, when a man with no identification or apparent recollection of who he was turned up in Porto Vejo, Brazil, in, 2000, uh, in 2016, many online researchers claimed it could be Lars. However, the man was eventually identified as missing Canadian Anton Philippa. So we don't know. His mother is still very active. Uh, she goes on radio and TV and um, there's a Facebook group that you can join. It has thousands of members in it. We'll share the photos on the Instagram. You'll be able to see he's a very handsome young man, which is weird to th- to say because he's like our age. But yeah, that is the disappearance, the unsolved mystery of Mar- of Mars. Of Lars Metonk. I have never heard that before. The fact that it was like a YouTube thing is... It feels similar to like the Elisa Lamb thing. Do you remember that? Elisa Lamb in the uh, Cecil Hotel and she like got um, in and out of an elevator like playing hide and seek in an elevator. Right. Yes. I haven't watched the Netflix thing, but... Oh, yeah. But it feel it feels a little bit like that of like it's a someone someone by themselves in a foreign country acting really weird. Well, it's just it's. I feel like we think of like oh if there's if there's video footage that's a good thing because it'll like give more context. But in this case, it just makes it more frustrating. Yeah, you're like we can see what's happening, but we don't understand it at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, the minute you brought up the fact that, you know, you're in Europe, you can get on a train at any point. Why was he so adamant about flying? I don't know. Because obviously, I mean, my thought process is that they bought the plane tickets all together. Like, they were supposed to go back at the same time. And the mm-hmm. only reason he didn't was because of the eardrum situation. And if the eardrum situation was really that big of a deal, I would have been like, all right, well, you guys, you go ahead on the on the plane. I'm just going to buy a train ticket Maybe. and see you at home. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not your only option. I think that's what really gets me. It bothers me. Sorry. I know. This I mean, was just, but, okay, but, you know, he, he was... 28 when he disappeared he other than his eardrum and probable head injury was in good health so like one of the sources was like maybe he just doesn't remember who he is and some sweet bulgarian grandmother took him in and you know he's going by a different name now and maybe someday he'll like take a 23andme you know what I mean? Yeah. This, this at least feels like in our lifetime, we could get the news alert of like, Lars Matonk is discovered. Yeah, He's this feels... going by this name in whatever Bulgarian town. This feels like a Google alert situation. Right? Like, it feels like possible versus like, I do have a Google alert turned on for Sandy Irvin. But like, we're never going to find his body on Mount Everest. Like... I've accepted it. If it does happen, it'll be like Christmas, New Year's, birthday for for the rest of my life. Exciting. But I don't 
think it's going to happen. Versus it's like, well, maybe, maybe this. Yeah. Like, maybe the Zodiac Killer. Like, things that are like, maybes. But then, you know, a lot of the things we do on this podcast, we just... We just gotta be bummed and wait till the cocktail hour in heaven. We gotta go into that information desk and be like, Hello. Hello, angel at this desk. Neither of us need sleep. Yeah. I need answers. You got eternity? I'm gonna be here for longer than that. I'm gonna be here a while. That. Do you guys have Apple Podcasts up here? Do you? Do you subscribe? Do you Do you know, do you know I have a no? podcast? Oh yeah, it doesn't exist anymore because I'm dead. <laughs> I'm not gonna let that witch do it without me. Are you joking? I'll haunt her. Oh, I would do it just it's for that. It's just you. It's just you in a room talking, telling stories to like a framed picture of me. <laughs> That's that, that would be the worst podcast, but the best video series. <laughs> I mean, you know. But then I, mean I like you put things on the table like Shannon, if you're here, if you're mad, roll the red ball. (laughs) You'll, like, like say a statement about, yeah, and then the police just threw out the evidence because they didn't think they needed it. And and then you just, like, stop and you, like, look at the table. And then I'm just, like. (laughs) But you can't seem to figure out your afterlife abilities. And so it's literally just, like, the whole table, like, knocks over. (laughs) I'm, like, oh, so you didn't like that? Is that what we're going for? Uh, well... I like that. Uh, well, hopefully I won't have to deal with it for a while. My afterlife abilities. I hope so. Knock on, knock on all the woods. But yeah, my friends, uh, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. Um, if you're out and about this Halloween... Buddy system. Yes. No don't, no mysterious disappearances. Don't be don't be leaving your friends in a foreign country slash uh, a bar. bar slash anywhere. Don't leave don't. don't leave without a friend. Yeah. Just don't don't go for like I'm just gonna go take a walk or I'm just gonna no. go out. Turn on your no. location services. Don't forget to drink water, but yes. only water you saw the bartender pour for you. Also, if you're a dude and you're like wondering why women go to the bathroom in pairs sometimes buddy system yeah there's a literal reason we don't go to like go i don't know well swap bubble gum it's (laughs) i don't know i couldn't think of anything i was gonna say sometimes we do go because we need to like talk about you oh yeah totally um but mostly it's for safety mostly it's a safety thing like there is absolutely no reason that i should be afraid in most situations, but I still fully buddy system up because there's oh, yeah. I'm sa- better safe than sorry. So Truly. like, dudes, take a note take and a note. Uh, take a buddy. Take a note and take a buddy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or be the buddy that watches your friends drink. Yeah, that too. Be the type of guy that gets trusted to hold drinks. For yeah. People. Or like, if another dude is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go pee. Like. It might be weird. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, now thinking through know. it and I'm like, I don't think I'm dudes like, do I'm that. Like, I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, wow, Emma is not a man. Like, I'm not either, <laughs> but I at least could be like, I don't know if they need to have the buddy system, Emma. Well, uh, I think what we've learned from this is that yes, yes, they do in most instances need a buddy system, but maybe it's not to the bathroom. Yes. It's because just to international. From my 
From my understanding, in most men's bathrooms, you have to stand next to each other in order to pee. So I probably would not want to do that. (laughs) I know. I reached that conclusion five minutes ago. You just kept going. (laughs) Um, All right. So just be safe, friends. Don't forget to drink water. That's all I got. And remember. This podcast doesn't exist. This podcast doesn't exist after dark. (laughs) That that could definitely be one where we we actually swear. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, though. It's the same. Like, oh, gosh. No, it's literally just us sitting there going. (laughs) Please put this in, but just bleep it. (laughs)